This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. We live in one reality. Throughout modern history, of course, we've accepted the notion that both science and Christianity were right about what reality is. But they were describing two different versions of our one reality, and we thought somehow they existed all in the same place. But that doesn't make sense, does it? They're mutually inconsistent. We're coming to realize now that neither mainstream science nor mainstream Christianity really has it right, but each is a point of view that lets us get a little closer to understanding the one reality in which we live live. Both are at their core belief systems. We have to get beyond belief systems and approach the study of reality open-mindedly. We begin then to see a genuine reality that incorporates some aspects of what science tells us and some of what Christianity tells us, but it's much more wonderful than either, and it's more wonderful than our most optimistic imaginings. Its greatest truth is the certainty the certainty that you are an eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And knowing that changes everything. Our wonderful guest this week is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who will be presenting at the, at the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies Conference July 10th to 13th in Scottsdale. I've talked a lot about this conference. It's probably going to be the best conference of its kind in all of human history. Go to ASCSI.org for more details. Rosemary is an extremely talented medium and diverse medium, and she's going to be talking about two topics that, because I'm sort of a stuffy skeptic lawyer, I've always been kind of suspicious of, so I'm really eager to hear what she has to say. She's going to talk about being a medium, but also about dreams and mirror gazing. Welcome, Rosemary. Hi there, Roberta. I'm so glad that you're here. Tell us a little about your history. People love to know who it is that's talking to them. How did you become a medium? When did you first know? What what all happened? Well, I, I don't really work as a professional medium. I have psychic ability that I certainly apply in my work, and from time to time I do readings, but I don't do the kind of mediumship that people associate with, um, you know, getting messages from dead grandma sort of thing. Um, I'm much more oriented to... Um, other spirit worlds. I do spirit communication with the afterlife and talking to the dead. I usually use some sort of uh, tech device for that. But um, I became interested in all of this when when I was a kid. I think a a lot of people who have early childhood experiences uh, with interactions with uh, the spirit world uh, wind up doing something uh, in the paranormal. And uh, that may be from a a sideline pursuit to a full-time professional pursuit. And uh, for me, it became, because I'm a writer, uh, something I, I also was very good at from an early age, for me, it's a combination of things. It's writing, research, uh, lecturing, 
doing psychic and spiritual work, and all of those things get folded in together in varying emphases depending upon what I'm doing. I work on bo- both sides of the fence. That is, I go into uh, what I call the light side topics, healing, um, meditation, intuitive development, spiritual experiences, spiritual growth. And I also work on the dark side of the fence, uh, negative entities, problem haunting, spirit attachments, some of the more unpleasant things that people can experience. And uh, people do have varying experiences and both kinds of experiences. And when they do have problems, uh, they they need to be able to find people who are equipped to deal with those sorts of things. So, wow. um, you know, <laughs> er, early on I was kind of uh, <laughs> puzzled by, by people who said, oh, you know, evil doesn't exist, I'm not going to think about it, so therefore it isn't. Uh, if I don't think about it, it will go away. But these things don't go away. And no. so a lot of people who are in, like, the healing arts, um, don't have a whole lot of ability to deal with heavy-duty negative things. So for me, it's been a, uh, essential to be balanced in both perspectives. So how did it start? You were a child and you, you realized that you had psychic abilities that other people didn't have? Actually, it, it, it took a while uh, for it to dawn on me that not everybody is the same, that it's a very uneven playing field. You know, you're, when you're a kid, you have experiences and you think everybody does because right. this is the way uh, the world normal, is ordered. because you're normal. <laughs> and right. um, I was not um, what I would call a, a, like the kid from Sixth Sense, you know, um, I see dead people sort of thing. I had yeah. uh, most of my experiences were with angels and fairies, which is a, a very common kind of experience for a lot of children to have. Um, now, these experiences, as, a, as most children get older, by the time children hit about eight or nine, um, maybe a little older, um, these sorts of experiences start to fade into the background on the average. And that's very true for past life recall as well, that if uh, children are going to have spontaneous memories of past lives, uh, they do start fading off by that age. And, and um, it, it's certainly uh, understandable because children are becoming... Um, more outward-oriented, you know, they're integrating, starting to integrate themselves into the outer world in school, and they're learning how to build social relationships. So the inner world starts to retreat. But for a lot of people, it doesn't retreat. Uh, Not only does it remain, but over the course of time, uh, sort of going through peaks and valleys, it might even magnify. And uh, I find that... um, uh, when I'm out investigating and interviewing people about their experiences of all kinds, uh, there are people who fit into a certain pattern. They're lifelong experiencers, and it's like um, uh, wherever they go, if there's something to be interacted with, it will interact with them more easily than with other people because they've got this open uh, openness to their, their energy field. For some people, that's quite a problem, and they have to learn how to shut it off. Many people who go very deep into mediumship, for example, uh, really have to learn uh, how to close the valve off because otherwise uh, spirits of the dead and other kinds of spirits will be knocking on the door all the time wanting attention. Right. Wow. Well, so this is, you, you have had a very varied background. And what I love is, especially, is that the fact that you are talking about all sides of 
this field. Um, you're not a one-trick pony at all. You're you're looking at the whole fact that we interact on so many levels with this non-material reality that's right where we are. Um, I talk about it, but it took me piecemeal to sort of learn it. And since I have no abilities whatsoever, Rosemary, whatsoever, um, I, I have to sort of try to understand by listening to people like you what it what it is and what it what it's like. Um, so so you you as you got to be an adult or, or or grew up, you began to look at ways that you could use this ability. Yes, I was very fascinated by it, and uh, part of the fuel. Uh, to my fire uh, was the fact that uh, there was uh, psychic dreaming in my family, that is, um, unusual psychic dreaming. Um, and my uh, my three, uh, the three of, of us females in the family, my older sister, myself, and my mother, have had, um, the way we interact with the, the psychic realm is all different for, for each of us. But uh, my grandmother had some ability, so there's, you know, we, there are things that often run in family lines, and my mother was quite a precognitive dreamer, and I've had other kinds of contact, you know, I've had uh, spirit and entity contact dreams, all kinds of, you know, out-of-body experiences, astral travel, some precognition, but not to the level that my mother did in the precognition end of things, and um, I was in my teens when she started telling me, uh, sharing a lot of these uh, uh, dreams with me. And for, for, you know, a teenager, I was just boggled that the idea that you could dream the future that would come to pass. And so, uh, so certainly she not instances a, of, of dreams she'd had, and they, they then would, un, would unfold, it would actually happen, what, what she had dreamed? Yes, and in most cases, uh, and this is a very typical pattern, that uh, they're not very happy dreams. They're about people dying, about accidents, um, sometimes tragedies that affect large numbers of people. And these sorts of dreams are very upsetting to people, especially when they figure out their pattern and they know that when they have a certain kind of dream, it's about something unpleasant that's going to happen. So from my mother's perspective, she didn't like this kind of dreaming. She wanted it to stop. And I was totally fascinated by it. I wanted to get into my dream life and see what I could do with it. So uh, I was about 15 years old when I started experimenting with my dreams. I got um, Harold Sherman's book on uh, books on ESP and uh, telepathy and some other books about uh, how to have uh, directed dreaming uh, through dream incubation. And I started experimenting with um, traveling to another place in my dreams where I would be lucid and know that I was going to that place, make observations, and then try and validate my accuracy later, uh, sending messages telepathically to people in dreams, getting messages, uh, and trying to look into the future. And uh, I had, um, you know, your success in these sorts of things, it's never 100%, of course, but I had so much success at it that it just really whetted my appetite further. So uh, for me, I wanted to dive headfirst into all of these fascinating things. I was especially intrigued why this is such an uneven playing field, that um, not everybody is capable of uh, having the same perception. And uh, it also puzzled me at a young age why skeptics could tell you uh, quite matter-of-factly that you were imagining things, it was all in your head, there's no such stuff, 
when in right. fact I knew very well there was. Right. Uh, so uh, all of those they're, things they're, sort of helped me that, along. They? They're they're good at uh, <laughs> putting their ears, fingers in their ears, and uh, and at the same time over their eyes and going la 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 la, so that they don't have to uh, know what's going on. Uh, it's been frustrating to me as well. What interests me though, when what you just said is that your mother and your sister and you have the same ability. So that hints it's genetic, doesn't it? Well, I call it. Uh, nobody really knows. Uh, how you inherit these sorts of things. There probably is some sort of uh, genetic marker. For lack of a better term, I call it psychic DNA. Uh, uh, That is the unknown factor that seems to go on down through family lines, and sometimes it goes down through the patrilineal line rather than the matrilineal. Uh, But everybody has this stuff to some degree, and uh, some people are born Mozarts, and some people are born playing chopsticks. And, uh, you know, (laughs) we all have... We all have ability that we can improve, That's and right. uh, so I I found that um, you know with even a modest amount of uh, intention and training and, and dedication, I could improve quite a bit. So I studied energy healing. I found after experimenting with different forms of meditation and uh, taking some psychic development classes that uh, energy healing, uh, bioenergy healing, um, some. I, I never took Reiki, but I took other systems like Reiki, uh, Bioenergy, Joe Ray. Uh, I did some therapeutic touch as well. And uh, because you are, uh, pract- when you practice energy healing, you are in interdimensional space and you are in altered states of consciousness and perceiving things in a non-physical way. So those systems really taught me how to expand my ability in a structured way so that I could um, open the doors, um, gather information, validate the accuracy of the information, and then close the door. And uh, those systems have stood me in good stead uh, for, you know, my entire career. And I recommend to people, when people ask me, how should I, uh, what should I do to, to get more involved, and I recommend taking energy healing as a way of uh, having a, uh, a structured and safe way to uh, to explore your psychic senses, and uh, I've been very interested also in applying psychic sense to divination. I learned the tarot, I learned dowsing, uh, and um, I experimented with some other things like runes and automatic writing. But I found that I really like the tarot and dowsing the best, and uh, so those. Um, dowsing I use a lot in paranormal investigation and, and the tarot has formed uh, one of the, the fundamentals of the kinds of readings that I do. When I give someone a reading, I'm reading their aura, I'm uh, hearing what their uh, spirit guides are saying, and uh, I also use psychometry. That was something else that I gravitated towards. And the tarot and all four of those things combined funnel in uh, quite a bit of information uh, and, uh, you know, I sort of put together my own little system over the years. Wow. <laughs> um, there's probably about three hours worth of conversation we could have just about these things you've introduced that weren't even what I wanted to talk about today. So I think we're going to need to have you back, Rosemary. I hope, hope you'll be willing to do that. Um, oh, I'd love to, we're, Roberta. We're, we're just going to do a brief break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Our wonderful and amazing guest is Rosemary Ellen Guiley. We'll see you soon.
interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead, then don't miss the 39th Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information. That's ASCSI.org. Join them next July and be amazed. What if there were a place that was the opposite of civilized? And what if it turned out that was the place where human life finally worked? When Roberta Grimes studied the afterlife evidence, she learned more than that our lives are eternal. She also discovered what we really are. And to help us make the most of our lives, she's begun the Letters from Love series of novels. Begin with My Thomas, her well-reviewed account of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. Move on to Letter from Freedom, then Letter from Money. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Available on Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. Or stop by robertagrimes.com to learn more. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with a natural psychic from a family of psychics, someone who has extraordinary abilities and has used them in wonderful ways. And so um, we've already determined that she'll be back to talk about more stuff because already she's said things in the just the first 20 minutes that I want to talk about more. But right now we, we need to move on to talk about um, what she'll be especially talking about in the conference in July. This is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who is just a, a gifted, gifted psychic. Rosemary, talk to us about... The things I understood you were talking about uh, in July were um, dream interpretation and mirror gazing. Um, uh, tell us, tell us about those things. Mirror gazing is scrying, right? Is that the same thing? It is. Uh, scrying is a, an old Middle English term for um, meaning. You know, to what it winds up meaning in practice is you, you're looking into something for getting information. And uh, in earlier times, people especially wanted information about the future. They wanted divination kinds of information. And uh, I've been uh, another tool that I have really gravitated toward that I have found very effective is the black mirror. And uh, this is um, it, it's a mirror that that has a black undercoating instead of being silvered, and it's like um, uh, a black pool, like a black pool of ink. And uh, by looking into it, gazing into it in a lightly altered state of consciousness, like a meditative state, uh, many people get information. They get it visually, mentally. They might even hear sounds. Uh, black mirrors can be used to contact the dead, uh, to look into the future, to look into past lives, uh, to even do a bit of, of uh, astral journeying. Uh, a very ancient technique that... 
was literally resurrected um, uh, in the late 20th century, about, um, oh, maybe 20 or so years ago, by Raymond Moody, who discovered, uh, he became very interested in ancient Greek techniques for contacting the dead, and right. started started using uh, a black mirror, which he called the psychomantium, uh, as a way to help grief processing, that people could contact the dead through uh, this tool that would sort of spring open uh, a bridge between this this world and, and others. And, and he in had fact, people I, step out of it, actually, and walk around. People, people have did. all, yes, have uh, all kinds of experiences. A lot of it depends uh, on uh, how the individual is able to tune in, into information psychically. And uh, uh, people do sometimes uh, experience images in the mirror that uh, come out uh, into, into the physical realm. And these are perceived either a combination of visually or mentally in the clairvoyant eye. Uh, but they still seem to have a presence in the room. Other people won't see much of anything in the mirror, but the mirror will prompt uh, something for them to see in the inner eye or to just simply know or to hear in their head. Very powerful tool. And I had the wonderful opportunity back in the mid-1990s to uh, spend some time with Raymond learning this technique. He took me through it, and uh, then later I took a training session uh, workshop from him uh, to be a, a facilitator for this, and um, I I now do Black Mirror workshops. I call it the Necromantium, which actually is a little, um, it, it might be kind of a scarier word to some people, yes. but it's more technically to correct. It means place of the dead. Yes. And so this, yes. this the mirror becomes the place where you contact the dead. Uh, you might have contact with other kinds of entities, too. I mean, spirit guides, angels. Uh, unknown beings from other dimensions, beings we might call ETs, all of those could be accessible through the mirror as well. Why does that work? Do you know why that works? And how these, it works? Uh, all of these things that people use for um, contact ex- experiences and for divination, they're, they're simply a neutral medium. And what the tool does is it enables you to spring your door open. Um, you can do it without any tool at all, but many people find a tool useful because it stim- seems to stimulate a flow of energy. And some people are more visual-oriented, some are more oriented toward sound, some are more oriented toward uh, you know, tactile sensations like feeling a presence rather than seeing a presence. And um, the dreams are highly related to this because all of this kind of, uh, interdimensional work has an impact on dreaming and can stimulate the dreams to deliver even more information. And in fact, sometimes wait, wait, that's what is where a people... dream, Rosemary? Tell me what dream actually is. How does it happen? Uh, a dream. Well, you know? it, it, um, it a scientist would explain it in terms of various chemicals firing in the brain and. Oh. Um, yeah. That uh, from a psychological perspective, it's uh, part of ourselves that um, chews over and processes uh, information and things in the subconscious and uh, presents it back to us. Um, Dreaming seems to happen in a very primitive part of the brain, and uh, nobody is sure really what its original purpose might have been, for example, in 
you know, prehistoric times, you know, the earliest human beings, how dreaming might have served them. Um, but even if we go back to just what we know from uh, recorded dream literature around the world, ancient people understood the dream as a doorway to the gods uh, and to the afterlife, and that certain kinds of dreams uh, would allow other uh, beings to come into this world or us to go into some sort of between place to have encounters with them. In fact, Plato called dream the between place, the place where we go to meet the gods. Ah, yeah. And um, that there are a certain class of dream that is distinctly different from ordinary dreams. And um, so a great deal of attention has been paid to dreams uh, over the millennia. Uh, they, in the Western world, they, they fell out of fashion um, with, uh, you know, Christianity really de-emphasized the dream because um, it's just, uh, you know, it, Christians were not encouraged to go direct to God. You know, you had to go through the church right. and all that. Right, that, that's an um, excellent point. Right. It's <laughs> and, true, and it's, it's science, unfortunate. Uh, with the with the rise of uh, you know behaviorism and science and whatnot, and the Aristotelian view that uh, everything that is reality can can only be explained in terms of the senses, and if you can't explain it through the senses, then it's not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've we've been um, hobbled by that viewpoint for a long time. So it really wasn't until psychotherapy came along in the late 19th century, turn of the 20th century, and especially with the work of Carl Jung, that uh, the dream in the Western society really got restored to its uh, its glory in terms of of, uh, not just uh, how dreams process information and help us grapple with our feelings and uh, straighten life out, because dreams will do that, uh, but these... um, transcendent mean, uh, types of dreaming as well, which uh, Jung explained from a, an archetypal perspective. But he also was aware of um, precognitive dreams in his patients and in uh, uh, what are called prodromal dreaming, uh, where you dream about your illness before you get it or you, um, you dream about healing uh, with an illness. Prodromo is really dreaming about your illness before you know you have it. And um, that's been well documented in the dream literature, as well as healing that occurs in dreams. And that goes way, way back to ancient times. The Greeks were, were um, very keen on uh, using dreams as a medium for healing. Um, and so we have these contact abilities through dreams. And if you talk to anyone... Um, everyone's had some unusual kind of dream where they've dreamt something that's going to happen uh, or they had a big dream uh, where they were in the presence of God or they met angels or uh, something dramatic happened that profoundly impacted their spiritual development or even the course of their life. And uh, so that's one of the reasons why dreams are uh, also a very powerful interface. And they can be manipulated, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but we don't have to be passive dreamers. We can be active dreamers. We can program our dreams to ask for information. How how do you do uh, that, Rosemary? How would someone listening who wanted information and wanted to receive it that way, how would they program themselves to get that? 
by, by setting intention at night, first of all, you, you have to make a commitment to pay attention to your dreams and to work at understanding them. Um, and that requires a little bit of, of effort. Um, it's, once you pick up your dream lingo, so to speak, then it's a lot easier. It's not as hard as some people think. But a good dream programming exercise at night is to focus on a question that you would like your dreams to answer. Uh, Yes-no questions are the easiest to interpret um, because dreams speak very bluntly in symbolic language. And um, have a simple question is is much easier than to understand the answer. And uh, to tell yourself right before you retire that uh, your dreams will answer this question, and you will remember what you dream. Uh, so then the following uh, day when you wake up, uh, you really do have to devote some time to remembering everything you possibly can because it will fly out of your memory quite quickly. Yeah, right. And even the smallest detail that doesn't seem to make sense uh, could very well make a great deal of sense. Well, sometimes the dreams will literally give you the answer. It'll be very clear. Other times you might have to work at the symbols to understand the answer. Sometimes you might not even remember your dream, but but when you wake up, you know the answer quite definitely. So your dreaming self has at least done the processing for you. And so, so uh, what, those what techniques you're saying are is quite you ancient. Keep a, a, a journal is what you're saying. Uh, it is when, a good idea. When you wake idea. up, write it down, whatever it is, even if it doesn't make sense. Is that was that right? Absolutely. Uh, you do have to record the dream in some way or you will forget it. And even if you talk into a tape recorder, um, telling yourself the dream will at least help you remember the major points of it. But you do have to get the details down and then when you have some time, go back over them. There are many techniques for interpreting dreams that um, help you understand uh, what it is the dream is telling you. And uh, no matter how bizarre the dream seems, in dream language, it makes complete sense. That's just the way the dreaming mind works. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not a rational, direct kind of logic that we use in verbal and written communication. It's more intuitive, holistic, symbolic. It speaks to us on another level of our being. Uh, but is it, there a language that's, that's universal, Rosemary, so that if I told you I dreamed about certain things that are symbolic, a, a snake, a tree, a cow, who you'd be able to say, oh, this is what it means, Is that, or is it unique to an individual, what those symbols are? The answer is both and, uh, because the dream is like an onion. It's got different layer, layers to it, and they all point to uh, the meaning of the dream from different perspectives. And one of the things that I do on the radio a lot is um, I do field uh, dreams from people, and I will uh, give them a kind of a thumbnail answer on what the dream might mean. Uh, and that's looking at the symbols just from an archetypal perspective. Uh, so the symbols in the dream, they do have common meanings that apply to uh, most people. And these, um, these symbols come from an archetypal level uh, where the symbols have been built up by uh, the collective thought and experience of, of human beings over uh, the millennia. And then there's another level to the same symbol that's intensely personal. Uh, for example, a snake is going to mean um, a, a healing force or something exotic uh, to one person, and it's going to be abject fear to another person. 
uh, so you you have to interpret the symbol uh, from you look at them from different perspectives and uh, how it's weighted for how this dream applies to the context of your life. Our dreams are about us. They're very uh, egocentric in that way. They're about us, how we feel, how we think we're doing in life, what our anxieties and worries are, and how well we're, on a spiritual level, how well we are doing with what we came here to do. And the purpose of the dream is to uh, keep us headed in the right direction. So even troubling dreams, uh, have a, a healing benefit to them because uh, when repetitive troubling dreams arise over and over again, it's often uh, our higher self saying, time to get life back in balance. Life is out of right. balance. Time to get it back in. But another of the things that can happen while you're sleeping, and I only know this because this is how I live, um, is that you go to sleep uh, blocked about something, and basically saying, okay, I'm blocked about this, and you wake up and you're totally unblocked and you know exactly what to do. And I don't ever dream. I, I, I virtually never recall a dream. But all I know is there's little gremlins that somehow are working <laughs> on my life during the night. I mean, I'm in the, I'm in the process of getting a third book, a third novel uh, published. That all, I, I've written 300,000-word novels over the past year and a quarter. And that's that's nothing a human being could do. And they're good, actually. They're very good. And uh, I didn't myself actually write them. They didn't, weren't weren't channeled either. But somehow there's a there's gremlins that are working on them with me. And um, repeatedly, almost every night, I'm all right. I'm I'm at the point where I don't know where, where to go next. I wake up in the morning and I have a whole day of writing ahead. It's it's a miracle. It's really a strange miracle. But Dreams that's what have- happens also in your in your sleep. Oh, it does. And in fact, uh, in the dream literature, um, and I wrote about this in uh, one of my dream books called uh, The Dreamer's Way, uh, about how dreams have been used for problem solving and creativity. Uh, oh, writers and, oh, and musicians <laughs> have used them, inventors, uh, people have gotten solutions to all kinds of puzzling uh, scientific, mathematical, and mechanical issues in dreams where things have just fallen into place. And uh, sometimes it's like uh, you've described, that uh, there's no specific dream to remember, but it's all sorted out when you wake up. And it's, it's Amazingly dreaming, so. The dreaming faculty is processing <laughs> this information and sweeping beyond uh, the physical environment into the time-space landscape. And uh, then oh. we do get assistance from, from spiritual forces. You know, I've written almost 60 books now. And uh, people sometimes what a show ask me if I... you are, Rosemary. <laughs> 60 books? There's not that many years, for heaven's sake. Wow, no, good for Nine you. of them are encyclopedias, too. Good, um, good for you. People, sometimes people ask me if I channel, and um, I'm a little put off by that question because it implies that all I do is sit down and let somebody else speak, and voila, there's a book. And so my answer to that is, yes, I channel. I channel myself, thank you, um, because I do put a lot of elbow it? grease into it. But, but there's this spiritual element, too, that assists yeah. the process. And uh, I am constantly guided by that, and I don't know exactly how that mechanism works. I don't even want to know how the mechanism no. works, because you don't look <laughs> the muse in the face. 
Right, exactly right. Well, we, we've come to another break time, and when we come back, we're going to be t- having another uh, more conversation with the wonderful Rosemary Ellen Guiley. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Never forget that you are an eternal being. You never began, you never will end, and knowing that changes everything. We'll be right back. interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead, then don't miss the 39th Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information. That's A-S-C-S-I dot org. Join them next July and be amazed. What if there were a place that was the opposite of civilized? And what if it turned out that was the place where human life finally worked? When Roberta Grimes studied the afterlife evidence, she learned more than that our lives are eternal. She also discovered what we really are. And to help us make the most of our lives, she's begun the Letters from Love series of novels. Begin with My Thomas, her well-reviewed account of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. Move on to Letter from Freedom, then Letter from Money. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Available on Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. Or stop by robertagrimes.com to learn more. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and um, I have to say, this woman is such a fount of information about things that are so interesting that, um, as I say, we will have her back as soon as I can find a slot that, that, that she is able to, to make, because uh, there's a lot we need to talk about. I, I'd like to focus um, this time on talking about the fact that there is a conference coming up at which she is going to be a presenter, and she would be a reason to go all by itself. The Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies is probably the oldest such organization in the United States. It's having its 39th annual conference, July 10th to 13th in Scottsdale, Arizona. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. ASCSI.org. You can see a picture of Rosemary, who's lovely, and learn more about her and the other presenters. Um, one of the things I think I've learned, I've been trying to interview all the people who are presenting at this conference, and one of the things I've learned is these are new developments, but they're not new, are they, Rosemary? They're they're some of the oldest stuff which we forgot when we got all wrapped up in mainstream Christianity, mainstream science, which took us so seriously off track from what the truth really is. Uh, these are uh, time-honored 
concepts and knowledge that we're dealing with. But uh, I think um, in every era, things get uh, reexamined and uh, added to from different perspectives. So uh, what many people do when they discover these things for the first time is they take all of that ancient wisdom and then it has to be applied to, to modern life. It has to be applied to the present. And so uh, that's where some of the differences come in. But the, the principles, the fundamentals, I mean, even Aristotle said uh, that everything that could be thought has already been thought. <laughs> so we haven't invented anything new. Right? <laughs> uh, just different ways of, of uh, integrating uh, these ancient precepts and um, fundamentals into the present to enhance the, the path that we're on now. So do, do, or do you give readings then for people? Could people contact you and perhaps have you help them to um, find a better focus in their lives, um, get answers, uh, do various things? Do you do that publicly? Uh, I do it on a rather irregular basis because um, most of my time is spent researching and writing and uh, uh, I have quite a, an active travel schedule for that because I like to do as much firsthand as I can. And... Um, investigating. Uh, so I do readings, but I don't have a regular reading practice. If someone wanted to contact you, how would they do that? My website is visionaryliving.com, and I have a contact button there, my email address, reguiley at uh, gmail.com. And, um, That's G-U-I-L-E-Y. L-E-Y, yes. And I also do past life readings as well. And... Um, so I, I factor them into my schedule. Uh, some people who work as full-time professional readers, of course, they're, uh, they do it uh, on an almost daily basis, whereas I have to fit mine in around uh, a lot of other things. Um, well, I think I would like to have <laughs> a reading myself. Um, one of the things, that I, I've done a lot of research and talked to a lot of different psychics and mediums and people, and um, what, as I think I said earlier, most people who have your abilities don't seem to have your sort of thirst for ex- exploration, understanding all the different ways in which this this can be made to work, and they certainly haven't written 60 books. Um, Amazon.com, Rosemary, that, that's where people would get your books? Yes, I do have uh, some of them available uh, on my website. I send those out autographed. Uh, visionaryliving.com, and they are widely available. Um, most of them are in ebook format as well as uh, hard print. Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, I have some titles up on iTunes, Nook, Kobo. Uh, wow. And, you know, getting them out more and more. I publish a lot of my own material now so that I can uh, get it out to audiences faster and um, in, in a more direct way. Rosemary Ellen, G-U-I-L-E-Y. If you Google her or if you go to any of these outlets, you'll be able to find 60 books. Incredible. Rosemary, R-O-S-E-M-A-R-Y, Ellen, G-U-I-L-E-Y. I just want to make sure as many people as possible know how to find you. Yes, thank you. And uh, I am unusual in the fact that I have covered so many topics. For me, it's it's been essential to uh, learn as much as I can about all these interrelated fields. They are all interrelated, even if they don't seem that way to most people. 
And uh, other people tend to specialize more. Uh, they like certain areas, and they go very deeply into them. There are some that I have gone quite deeply into and others not. But um, I wanted to have at least a good working knowledge in as many areas as possible. All of these things, spiritual and mystical, paranormal, they all fit together uh, in sometimes very odd ways. And uh, I think it's very important, especially for people who are working in the facilitating end of things uh, and the paranormal investigation end of things, to have as broad a base um, grounding as possible. Uh, otherwise, you don't know what questions to ask and, uh, in order to, um, to get to the bottom of something. But I also find that in order to really feel comfortable working in this field, an intelligent person has to have a grounding in, uh, to be able to even understand a little bit about how these things work. Um, it's not magic. It's, it's, a, it's just a science that modern-day science isn't investigating yet. But um, it's, it's, you have abilities which seem to probably be, be somehow coming from um, your genetic inheritance, which you've then developed. We, I think we all have latently some psychic ability, but it's, uh, in most of us, we resolutely ignore it. Um, after, as you said, after six or seven or eight years old, we're told that was your imagination. So we just sort of screen out the, 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 the things we could have done, perhaps, when we were younger. But it's very important to understand the basis of it or to come to understand that it all fits together. It's not magic. I believe very strongly that it's important to acknowledge these things, uh, regardless of, of how much we uh, we want to go into them. You know, I, this is my full-time pursuit. It's been full-time for me since 1983. Uh, for other people, it may be just satisfying um, something, some questions they have regarding um, how things work or the purpose of something or the truth of something. Uh, but it, it is important to to have the freedom to acknowledge the reality of these things. Yes. And we are not yes. served by scientists, and I have had scientists very recently tell me that everything I have experienced is in my head as, as a fantasy. Um, that that serves nobody. To, no, it doesn't. You're to, right. To be fundamentally dismissed like that. Uh, many of these things, obviously they defy you know, the laws of known science, because they can't be quantified, they can't be uh, replicated on demand. Um, there's no uniformity to them. This is a very blurry, subjective, highly subjective um, reality, and yet it, it is real. It has its own validity, its own reality. Right. When you look back over history, um, people have had the same experiences over and over again throughout history. We just have different interpretations. We have different perspectives, different understandings. But we've had core experiences that demonstrate quite clearly we have interactions with beings in other reality. There is an afterlife. There is survival. There are other beings besides humans uh, out there. And we have interactions with them. Yes. Whether we understand that's what's going on or not. Um, we're we're interacting with that reality all the time, as you say. Certainly, in your sleep, you are, and you can use that to your benefit. Anyone who has a problem, uh, anyone, even if you don't believe, I never believed in that stuff before, but I'll try anything. 
um, you'd be amazed what if you just open yourself a little bit, how much your spirit guides, which we all have, um, are and and other spirit helpers will come in and try to help you with your problems. They're always there. We've just been stonewalling them through a lot of recent history. That's a very good point, Roberta, because they are always there. And when you uh, step onto the path and uh, make the request for spiritual assistance and help, it is immediately available to you. Uh, it's never going to be forced on you, uh, but it's ever-present, ever-ready to respond when, when you want to be open to it. And uh, that can uh, bring in some very powerful forces into your life that uh, can certainly help you in many ways. And nothing's going to pull your chestnuts out of the fire uh, because that takes away the, the purpose of why we're here. Right. Um, but um, we can uh, certainly get a lot of assistance in the navigation of these very, very, uh, sometimes very strange realities. Many people have to overcome uh, a fear and a trepidation. And I even dealt with that when I was much younger. Um, concerns about, well, if I went too deep into it, would I get lost, so to speak? You know, yes. reality changed so much for me that I didn't, you know, could I get out of it? Uh, or if I opened certain doorways, were they going to be irrevocable one-way things? And then, I, you know, I might not be very happy. Um, yes. And some of this is conditioning from the media because the media loves to scare us when it when it comes to these things. Um, but um, if if you um, if you have the sincerity to to learn and to open up in uh, this in a spiritual way. And even the paranormal, even ghost hunting, has a spiritual component to it. Um, then you are automatically starting out on the right foot, on the right track. And yes. um, things like med- learning how to meditate, uh, taking uh, classes, studying, reading, getting some grounding—all of those things will keep you anchored in the physical world, uh, as well as help you open up to the spiritual world as well. This is, uh, to me, the core topic that everybody should be thinking about. Many people hearing us are going to be saying, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not psychic, I'm not really spiritual, I don't go to church, uh, I'm practical. All of those characteristics perfectly set someone up to simply say, all right, but I am open-minded. I have a problem. I'm going to go to bed tonight, and I'm going to say clearly in my head, um, if I have spirit guides, here's my problem. Please help me if, with a, if you can. Then put by your bed a pad and paper. Try it for a few nights. Um, you're, every, we all have spirit guides. They love us. Their whole role right now and purpose is to help us, and they're waiting basically for us to be open to them. And you'd be amazed. I mean, I'm the most practical person on earth. I'm a lawyer, for heaven's sake. But um, you'd be amazed. You give them an inch, and they will just come into your heart, and they will help you more than you could possibly imagine. And people also, um, once they get into this, uh, they realize that it it really functions um, independently of uh, preconceived notions uh, of anything having to do with religion uh, or science. Uh, it's, It's its own reality. And even though those other things can be factors in how we we interact with things, um, you, you start dealing with things in, in a whole different plane of, of understanding. 
So uh, open-mindedness, just like you said, open-mindedness is the biggest uh, ally that you have. That's the key. Um, my own boggle point has pushed out further and further over the years. <laughs> Isn't I've it had, funny? Even uh, though we fight that, though, <laughs> I keep trying, keep trying to say that's all right. That, I've reached the limit of what I'll believe, but then you get to another <laughs> limit, and you can't. Um, I'm so sorry we're coming to the end of an hour, and we've only just started, but we are definitely going to be having this conversation again. My guest has been Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who is a phenomenal psychic who has simply allowed her, her abilities to take her where she needs to go or where she'd like to go. She's written 60 books, G-U-I-L-E-Y. You can find her books on Amazon and where where people buy e-books. Um, I'm Roberta Grimes. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, and that's available on Amazon. And the first three of my seven Letters from Love novels are now available. The fourth will, by the way, come out in June, I believe. Um, they explore how we can use what we're learning from the dead to make human life finally work. My Thomas is the true story of Thomas Jefferson's beautiful marriage. Letter from Freedom and Letter from Money begin the series. Letter from Wonder is the next one. All are available on Amazon.com and at bookstores everywhere. Now, please join us next week. Our guest will be Deanna Kaler, who is also a novelist, also trying to, to help people understand the greater reality in which we live. Her new novels, Echoes of Paradise, is just out, so please join us. Meanwhile, please visit afterlifeforums.com, join in the discussion. And now go out and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are an eternal being and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.